0: Well, if the social researchers are right and you're under 40, you're busting to get out of the house, really busting. In fact, with the blurring of homework life, it's coming through very strongly that many people feel the home is becoming a bit like a prison. People have peaked on Netflix and SFOD generally. They're back to pre-COVID TV viewing patterns and real-world experiences are at the top of their agenda. That's certainly what's coming through in the consumer research work from Matt Sanwell at the L Insights, who's updated a study called The Great Escapers. Who are they? Well, essentially, they're under 40 and they are driving the exodus from the home. No surprise, then, that it's welcome news to Guy Burbage, Val Morgan's managing director, who is seeing these behavioural trends raging at the box office. Two weekends ago, cinema attendances were at 90% of 2019 numbers. Yes, that's pre-COVID. And perhaps proof of all this is that the New South Wales government's financial incentives, encouraging people to get back out and dine, and be entertained via its Dine and Discover voucher program, has cinema as the number one redemption choice. Burbage says the movie slate is rolling out fast and it's hitting buttons with the people. But he also argues media agencies and advertisers might still be a bit stuck in old COVID mindsets. TV advertising, he says, is booming, but audience numbers are not. Uh, Burbage says there is some rewiring to do in the market on audience shifts and a much needed reminder of the differences in advertising impact from different screen environments, namely cinema. So welcome Guy and Matt. I've cracked 50, so I'm no longer a benchmark, uh, but the under 40s are streaking ahead of us older types in wanting to get out and about. So Matt Samwell, what are you seeing? What's going on out there? You're picking up some quite strong signals from consumers on this. Some are feeling like, as we said, home is a prison and they've even a little tired of netflix surely not welcome matt
1: hard to believe but true thanks paul uh so yes we're picking it up both from uh the hard numbers but also uh feedback qualitative feedback from people that we're speaking to as well that research that you talked about is both quantitative and qualitative so a, a sort of fairly deep database to draw from um and yes you're right so uh, I don't want to overplay um, it. TV at home played very much a role, particularly during the the hard lockdowns of many places in 2020, um, where we were stuck at home for extended periods of time. But very much a sense that. Um, Free-to-air TV and SVOD, um, people have had enough of it, people are ready to to move on. I know the numbers in terms of free-to-air TV audiences have been in decline for a a little while, um, and some of their steepest declines in um, 2020, 2021 um, to date. So that's very much borne out by the numbers. SVOD, you know, the clear feedback has been that um, there was plenty on offer um, in the early days of lockdown, Um, As we've kind of progressed, people are very much saying, we've run out of content, we're we're done, we're over it. Um, But more importantly, many people, particularly those 18 to 39s, are done and over with being at home. Um, Some people have been forced at home because of government. Some people have um, been spending more time at home just because of the changing nature of work. So some of the most recent... Um, data from the ABS Household Survey, um, in February 2020, probably just before things really started to hit in terms of um, COVID, 27% of people were spending at least one day a week at home um, for work. Um, fast forward to February 2021, that's 41%. So 41% of people are saying that they're spending at least one day a week at home. There is a heap more time at home, but people are now starting to realise that home has its limitations and the blending of home, work, social and everything else, people are looking for that second space, people are looking to get out there and do things again, cinema's front and centre of that.
0: And so the stark differences though that are going on here, the sort of, the under 40s are, are, are sent, in sentiment uh, at least are really wanting to scratch that itch whereas old people like me are apparently less inclined to want to get out there and experience stuff. What's going on there, Matt, with that under 40s group?
1: I think there's an element of a sense that they can, you know, broad generalizations and and not everyone fits this mold, but often um, it's the years where we're more outgoing, we're more social, we're more wanting to kind of get out there and do things. Often, particularly for that younger end of, of that cohort, um, not as many at home commitments, i.e. Um, kids, those sorts of things. And I think importantly as well, work for that group, and we've seen this very much in the research um, and, and other research that I've, I've been doing as well, work very much plays that social role for people as well. You know, early in their careers, they're very much valuing those social connections they get from going to work in the workplace, the Mm -hmm. after-work drinks, the casual kind of coffee catch-ups. A lot of that's been taken away from them um, in in a sort of work-life context. A lot of the social activities have been taken away from them in terms of those sort of big-ticket rite-of-passage concerts and and those sorts of things. They're very much um, seeking it out and they're very much feeling the the gap or the lack right now so they're the ones where we see that the the desire to get back out there is most keenly felt
0: cinemas at the top of this of their preferences the new south wales government voucher program is really interesting there cinema's at the top why is that do you think what is going on there that's got them um, wanting guys business first
1: I I think at a a really fundamental level they're wanting to connect so you know last year and and sort of heading into this year for certain parts as well um, there's a real sense of, of disconnection disconnection at a one-to-one level, sort of family, friends, colleagues, but more broadly, disconnection with society, um, disconnection with the kind of things that they enjoy about community and and society as a whole. Now, some of that, Itch was scratched by being able to stay local when we were forced to stay local. Um, but people want to be more expansive and broader than that. I think the final sense of connection that people are really looking for is that connection back to kind of culture and those shared moments, those shared experiences. And again, we very much see those desires for connection um, but also those connections very much being valued in the world of of cinema where when speaking to people um, about what they're valuing from the experience and also in the recent research, kind of going along with them in a semi-ethnographic way to understand their their true experience in their shoes, very much valuing that ability to connect and catch up with friends, family and colleagues, Um, the ability to reconnect with the cinema experience. So a number of people have mentioned that They'd forgotten, but truly embraced the shared gasp, um, you know, during the horror movie, or that sort of, you know, shared applause or shared reaction um, amongst the cinema audience.
0: The the little things, Matt. The little things.
1: Absolutely, the things that are forgotten, but once they're removed, people, you know, keenly feel. Interestingly, as well, the the sense of the role of cinema in community. So the role that it plays as sort of a connector to community, whether it be the local high street, uh, or shopping centre. And then finally, and I think importantly for cinema, we we very much valued um, our our time on the couch watching television, SVOD, when we had to, but also it made people recognise that increasingly that's becoming an audience of one, which has its benefits, but one of the big drawbacks and limitations is the sense that people aren't gathering around virtually on a Thursday night to watch the same show, talk about it the day afterwards around the water cooler. That, in many respects, has right. been lost when it comes to television but very much still front and centre when it comes to cinema.
0: Really interesting. And, Guy, we'll get to the uh, the movie slate in a second because I think um, I had a little heads-up with you a few days back. I think it's something like the, the, the biggest movie release slate in cinema's history in the next six months. So that's going to be... We'll talk about that. But before we get to that... Your Cinetam database, um, which is based on the on the Hoyts Rewards members, uh, are you seeing those sort of behavioural changes in your customer base that that Matt's talking about? Is it the under 40s coming through in cinema? Are you seeing that? It's not so much we're seeing
2: changes in the behaviour, but we're we're really seeing this pre-COVID trend um, of growth in this audience is now supercharged upward again, now that the content is back on screen. So. This audience, youth under 40s, has always been um, and is a critically important audience for us. It was a solid growth story pre-COVID. It returned the most positive, the most open and the most interested to get back into cinemas first during COVID, and that was our first iteration of research. Um, But they certainly have now powered the return um, of audiences back into cinema with titles like Godzilla, Mortal Kombat, and more recently Fast and Furious. And we're seeing audiences um, in the 18 to 39 of over 60 percent of the total film right I think it's down to you know these key titles skew in the early days of opening and then they broaden out and this really reflects the hunger of, a, of this audience to find new content new experiences and to see things quickly to be in on the in the latest in culture and trends.
0: Well, I mentioned that big slate that's coming. What is happening at the box office? Give us a quick update because um, two weekends ago was you know you're just off pre-COVID levels, which is probably a surprise to many. Um, so both the audience numbers uh, guy and what's happening uh, with the movie slate that's coming through the pipe now, because it's all coming back down really fast, right?
2: Yeah, that's right. And uh, I'll use an artist um, analogy here. Is D Ream once said, and you may remember D Ream from '94, Paul. But things can only get better, um, and we're heading into the best six months. Start. Um, of content we've ever had and I can't put enough of an emphasis uh, on that so I'll give you a quick fun fact for the dining table Uh, in 2019 over July and December um, and 2019 was a near record box office year there was over 14 days um, between top titles landing in cinemas and from this July there is an average of a title a week Uh, Mm, and that all starts with Black Widow on the 8th of July so it is a um, a biblical feast of content.
0: Just remind me of that song. If you sing it, I'll remember it, Guy. Is there a chance? Unlike the experience in cinema, my friend, there is uh, me singing is not a good experience. <laughs> okay. Yes, let's get right onto the movie show, little away from singing and Guy. Recap on those audiences, though. You're already seeing pre the this slate coming through, this big new movie, the, the movie slate coming through, you're already seeing action at the box office, right? It's picking up.
2: Yeah, that's right. We're seeing... You know, really good signs that, you know, when you deliver content to the screens, the audiences will come. And we've seen um, over the last three or four months, we've seen a number of times when good content is there and a good volume of content, then those audiences are jumping back up to pre-COVID levels. You mentioned, to a couple of weeks ago uh, with Fast9, we saw 90% of pre-COVID levels, and we think we'll be back up um, to pre-COVID levels, 2019 numbers, in um, by sort of in around that September timelines with titles like Bond, um, but you know the the content lineup is fantastic. We've mm. we've never seen it better. We've got titles like Space Jam Two, Jungle Cruise, Suicide Squad Two, Dune, Venom. I mean the list keeps going on. I'll mention your favourite Top Gun. Uh, we've Thank got you very Ghostbusters much. and Matrix Four, um, and then as I mentioned Bond, and and really all of these are. To Matt's point, they're really all of these are huge cultural moments in their own right, and what audiences want to see, mm. um, and that drives people into cinemas.
0: So um, we're excited by that. I can't wait to see Top Gun and Bond. Now, there's a caveat here, though, Guy, which is that there may be a little bit of some old COVID assumptions coming, still coming through from agencies and advertisers on on on, on the box office. What what do you see happening there, and, and why is it happening?
2: I think there's a, a massive disconnect at the moment between. Um, the demand for TV uh, and the declining audience and quality of programming that's been delivered at the moment. I mean, it's not a new phenomenon, but free-to-air TV audiences have been in decline for quite some time and have certainly resumed their pre-COVID trends. Um, and this is particularly true in um, in the sub 40 demo. So the latest Roy Morgan data puts over three in four 18 to 39 year olds as being classed as non and light TV viewers. Um, with over a third not watching any commercial tv in any typical day so that's three quarters of that audience um is increasingly hard to reach and while i think you know and whilst bvod has certainly taken up some of the slack as a user i see huge issues with the technical delivery and the ad experience uh, particularly when you have multiple ads back to back um, in either breaks or shows so Something's not right there. Um, but the good news is, obviously, we're now not sitting on the sidelines anymore. We've got the best content uh, in the world. We've got the best content we've ever had over the next six months. Um, and if you couple that with the experience and what we've seen from the results, you know, we know that audiences will be um, will be back in to see back in to see this content in the big screen. So, I think it puts us in a really interesting position um, to play a really solid role on clients um, on clients' schedules. We've always delivered a highly valuable audience, um, you know, that historical light TV viewer. But I believe we've got more valuable once we now pick up a heavy S-fold consumer.
0: Going back to where advertisers and media agencies are at though, Guy, there is still some resistance or is it just catching up with the the numbers, catching up with the fact that this cultural trend of people getting out and getting to cinema, they they haven't clicked on quite yet. Is that the issue? Yeah, we we certainly do see some resistance at the moment. I mean, the
2: numbers are there. Certainly, the numbers are there from a historical perspective to give uh, everybody the confidence of what will happen. And now the content is there. So, the message really is very much to get cinema back on those schedules uh, because we deliver so much uh, as part of that comms plan.
0: And I think you argue that sort of reach needs a rethink, too, Guy. What do you mean by that? No, look, I think, you know, simply put, reach needs a rethink. And I
2: believe there's going to be a lot more conversation and conclusions around the impact of inputs like the quality of content that you're watching, the context in which you're watching it, you know, being part of culture, the mood and uh, the mood that you're in while you're consuming media, uh, you know, and ultimately that's all uh, around principles like attention uh, that undoubtedly have a positive impact on the outcome of clients, brands and campaigns. And if this leads to more conversation and measurement around you know, the debate around the value of those things versus the cost of the CPM, then I think that's only a good thing. And we we believe we've got a very strong point of view in that space, particularly around attention, uh, that we add a lot of value beyond headline CPMs.
0: Why? Attention, what have you got that others don't? Apart from movie, a great movie slate. We believe we have it. You know, we're
2: one of the only channels where, you know, genuinely it's still okay. You know, you don't want to take your phone to it. It's a lean forward moment. There are little or no distractions. And, you know, through the research that we've seen in Great Escapers, um, those things come together and adds, sort of adds a scene as being sort of lifted within the cinema experience. So I think that's that's the stuff that's on real value on a comms plan rather than headlines, CPM and reach numbers. And I think that's the stuff that over the next 12 months, there will be a lot more attention paid to because it impacts the outcome of... of client campaigns.
0: And I think if you look at Dr. Karen Nelson-Field's work on screen size as well, I guess that works for you, does it? It's not a small screen that people are seeing ads on. No, exactly that. And we see, you know, extensively we work um, just like TV, but only bigger and
2: better. So in that respect, so screen coverage, size, sound on, all principles that make a lot of sense to us. And we know we over-index. Uh, but we've got to we will be putting that together to be able to demonstrate to clients why we should be on those schedules.
0: And so Matt, you're seeing that come through in, in, in your research groups as well, right? About cinema and people actually digging that environment.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So as mentioned, some of the research is getting people right in that moment, sort of the, the anticipation leading in, um, the the experience itself in the moment that they come outside the cinema doors. And it's quite interesting the number of people that have that have said that they've, you know, truly sort of re-embraced and and sort of been reawakened um, to the benefits of cinema um the sights the smells the sounds that fully immersive experience um and the extent to which that uh sort of positively impacts on the full experience including cinema advertising was very much front and center to what we found so uh, the research very much supports uh what guys
0: just mentioned as well really interesting stuff so to wrap this up the biggest watch outs for the next 12 months from both of you matt for you first, from a consumer perspective, what should agencies and advertisers in your view be sort of looking, looking out for uh, in the next year?
1: Uh, I think, and, and I think this probably goes beyond cinema itself. I think people are wanting to make up for lost time. People have recognised that the things that they enjoy and the things that they're wanting to do have been limited and they're making up for that lost time. I think they're looking to make up for it by going big, kind of doing things to the extent that they can in a, in a bigger and bolder way, um, you know, going going gold class and spending that extra dollar on, on the, the bottle of champagne rather than the bottle of sparkling. Um, I think that very much taps into the cinema experience where it's about going bigger than than what they can do at home and I also think um, so that's sort of the the expansive side of things and I think also in terms of the quality um, side of things deeper connections so really wanting to um, connect in a deeper way um, with their friends with their families with the world around them with the media that they consume and again I think that plays really strongly to cinema that ability to um, engage in a truly immersive and connected experience.
0: Yeah good point. um, Guy for you the watch outs for the market biggest watch outs? I think for us, you know,
2: have confidence in cinema. We we anticipate
0: our audiences to get back to 2019 levels
2: and that growth will only continue uh, as the content continues to come down the pipeline. And for us, two things are interesting for us. One is being on every youth schedule. I think that for us makes an enormous amount of sense when talking to clients and the value that we can bring. But we'll be doing a lot of work when to really explore that whole cultural phenomenon of cinema and how that lines up in Australian media at the moment. So know, a really exciting time again as, as, as people are getting back to normal um, and those senses for the big screen have been reawakened.
0: And you'll be wonderfully uh, relieved, Guy, that you got an audience back and you can start doing what you like to do. Yeah, that's right. And we, uh, we're working on some really interesting concepts in terms of how do we take
2: that experience to people as well. So, you know, we've we've certainly done it tough for a while, but uh, that is, uh, in my opinion, firmly behind us. It's only looking good from here.
0: Great stuff. Well, I look forward to seeing both of you at the movies. Um, Guy Burbage, Matt Samwell, stay safe, and let's watch that slate roll out. Thanks, Thank you, Paul. Paul. This MI3 audio edition was presented by Paul McIntyre. That's more. Producer, Nick Slater. Music by Matt Dwyer.